Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a seat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sponsoring drinks are dandy. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia murder. I'm Gabriel Warrior. Eric Green from Simple Tour. Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Anthony Michael. We are Gorgasm. This is my phone creator. This is Ernie C. of Black Dahlia. from Suffocation. Phantasm Podcast. Join your host, Corey Gorkrest and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofphantasm.com. The only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. What the fuck is up and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorkreis with me and a very special happy birthday to Dr. Vincent West. Hello, how are you, sir? Thank you for taking the podcast. Of course. And uh, on the screen here, a very iconic film, uh... 100 years before the story begins, there's a time of darkness in Transylvania. A time when Dr. Abraham Van Helsing and a small band of freedom fighters conspired to rid the world of vampires and monsters and to save mankind from the forces of eternal evil. They blew it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a special birthday episode. This is one of the doctor's uh, favorite movies, and I'll let the doctor uh, introduce it to you, if you don't already know by the intro. Or by the title of I saw of this it. movie at the theater as a kid, and I've always loved it because all my friends were fascinated with the movie Goonies, and I like the movie Goonies, but this is my favorite childhood movie, and it's uh, The Monster Squad. Once upon a time, it was one monster per movie. Those were the good old days. We're the Monster Squad. Only one way to kill a werewolf. Ah! Kick him in the nose! He does not march! Do it! Do it! Wolfman's gone nuts! The Monster Squad, rated PG-13. 1987, Fred Decker, of course. Uh, just awesome movie, more for the, the weird kids. I really liked horror movies and, and the whole Goonies thing also, and this was more geared towards that and it just it's a cool movie man it's so it's so much fun and it has a really good cast that's uh often forgettable but really always stuck out to me and i think you know this film needs more credit than it gets and it's it's just a lot of fun and the cast is great and a lot of really fun fun moments in it it's just good overall it's it's a great movie just the entire time it's a lot of fun you see Tom Noonan as Frankenstein, you know, they got... I'm proud to say I have Tom Noonan as a friend on Facebook and I've never spoke to him. <laughs> Let's see here. Brief synopsis. Pretty much young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and the, his monsters. Basically looking after this, uh... This, like, amulet, if you will. Not even the correct term. It's like a stone or whatever. It's um, pretty much the premise of the movie. It's just like Goonies, really. Uh, but honestly, it's it's nothing like it. But it has similarities to where if you were to really yeah, it's fucking awesome. If you could really compare it to anything, that's the easiest way 
for the average moviegoer to be like, what's this movie like? And be like, eh, it's like a horror movie version of The Goonies. You know, it's got the the Universal Monsters as, you know, whatever. Uh, Shane Black directed it, or uh, wrote it with Fred Decker, who directed it, of course. Um, Fre- uh, Shane Black, who fucked up that last Predator movie, which is an absolute fucking god-awful turd, but um, this was one of the only things he did that I liked. <clears throat> We can get right into some trivia here. As you, there, you see Dracula right there, which is a lot of fun. Which is uh, what the hell's his name? It's uh, Duncan Regier. It's from British Columbia. And I think all these guys are still kicking too. Uh, the monsters, anyway, which is pretty rad. I'd have to double check on that, but. Yeah, I like the history in the beginning of this, too. We see Dracula and all this stuff. It's awesome. <clears throat> Liam Neeson was paid for a bit part that was never shot. There's uh, some trivia for you here, which is very interesting. What's that? It said, Liam Neeson was paid for a bit part that was never shot. So he was supposed to be in a little role in this, which would have been very yeah, well, interesting. Yeah, I bet he was probably Ben Helsing. Probably. Which I love. I love him in this film too. It's just really cool. This, the whole intro is amazing. You know, it's pretty scary. Like that you know, vampire a lot of chick. Favorite scary. movie from Fred Decker is not the Creeps. This is mine. I'd have to agree with this too. I mean, you know, we did the Night of the Creeps thing, and you know, it's I get it with the whole movie. I love Tom Atkins in it, but it's just not. You know. Exploding heads with fucking alien leeches in it. That's just not the same, you know. Give me this all day long. Even with just the straight up Van Helsing shit. And then, you know, it's awesome. Uh, The scene where Dracula lifts Phoebe up and she screams was done in one take. Uh, Duncan wouldn't wear his red contacts or fangs around the five-year-old. Which was Ashley Bank. Because it scared her too much. For the scene, director Fred Decker just told Ashley to scream once the platform raised her. When she asked when, Decker told her, Oh, you'll know, and then proceeded to shoot. Terrified scream you hear when Dracula opens his eyes is Ashley's genuine scream of fright. Which I think is right here, actually, what they're about to show. Yeah. Well, no, this is... This, no, you're t- what you're talking about seeing in the movie. Oh, right, with, uh, with, with uh, Phoebe. <coughs> Phoebe's older. Uh, according to director Fred Decker, Shane Black's first draft of the screenplay was so huge that the opening of the film featured Van Helsing accompanied by zeppelins and hundreds of men on horseback storming Dracula's castle. Decker stated that this sequence would have cost more than the final budget of the film. Sounds about right. <clears throat> After about... About a year after The Monster Squad was finished, Shane Black and Fred Decker worked together again writing Shadow Company. The script was to be an action horror film about a group of U.S. Special Forces soldiers who died during the Vietnam War, and years later, the soldiers, who are members of Secret Army Experiments, rise up from the graves as rotting, unstoppable zombies. The zombie soldiers would have raided the armory from a nearby army base and then proceeded to destroy the town in which they were buried, killing everyone in it. The movie was going to be directed by John Carpenter sometime in 1989, produced by Walter Hill, 
and with Kurt Russell in the main role, but it was never made. The original script by Black and Decker did gain a cult following by the Arizona Carpenters fans. That is fucking insane. And I never knew that. Can I just say something about that real quick? Jesus Christ. That sounds like the most amazing movie that was never made. Fucking Kurt Russell is some, like, zombie Vietnam soldier, and then it was directed by John Carpenter, it was written by Fred Decker. Good and God. Can you imagine that? I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna have to read that over. Actually, that's the coolest thing you've ever read the entire time we've done this podcast. (laughs) I had no idea that existed. Do you know how on board I would be to see that like right now? Jesus Christ! I'm gonna read that over again because I think everyone that heard that, unless you just knew that, I didn't know that. The doctor didn't even know that. So no, no, I I knew of it. I knew of that project, but I never knew the, the the basis for it. I'm just going to read it again. Uh, the script was... By the way, I'm the one on the screen wearing the Stephen King rule shirt. Yes, you are. It's fucking... Uh, Sean or whatever. Yep. Andre Gower. Sean's cool. Um, speaking of Sean, shout out to Sean Clark. Last time we saw him, he was wearing that shirt. Had the Stephen King roll shirt on. We want Horror Hound to come back and very soon, so please and thank you. Uh, the script was to be an action horror film about a group of U.S. Special Forces soldiers who died during the Vietnam War, and years later, the soldiers, who are members of Secret Army Experiments, rise up from the graves as rotting, unstoppable zombies. The zombie soldiers would have raided the armory from a nearby army base and then proceeded to destroy the town in which they were buried, killing everyone in it. The movie was going to be directed by John Carpenter sometime in 1989, produced by Walter Hill, and with Kurt Russell in the main role. And literally sounds like could have been John's best film. And in 89, he would have needed that kind of movie too, you know. Right, which means that thing would have came out in ninety. Yep. It's insane. God damn. It actually it actually makes me a little sick to my stomach that that doesn't exist. Yeah, and it never will be. Yeah, they couldn't pull it off now. Not now. No. With Kurt Russell in his prime then too. Wow. You know what's gonna happen though? It'll get made next year by JJ Abrams gonna pick up that script and, and he'll cast some fucking douchebag. <laughs> Probably. <clears throat> Be some young young douchebag. <clears throat> Near the start of the movie, the plane where Dracula first appears has Browning written on the side. This is a nod to director Todd Browning, who directed Dracula in 1931. The Wolfman's face was modeled after that of Stan Winston. It's actually supposed to look like him, I guess. According to the director, yeah. According to the director Fred Decker, the film was cut by 13 minutes because some executives didn't want it to run more than 90 minutes. Actor Brent Chalum, who portrayed Horace, which is the fat kid, tragically died of pneumonia in 97. That's morbid. There are at least two versions of Michael Cimbello's end credit song, and some versions dating back to VHS release days there's a lyric referring to the Gill Man swimming in the pool. As of 2007, in the recent HD cable release, this is replaced simply by the creature from the Black Lagoon. Not as fun, but it's 
more straightforward, I guess. Andre Gower and Robbie Kiger were friends in real life before filming. Gower campaigned to the producers to hire Kiger in the best friend role of Patrick. It's hilarious. In 2006, Wizard Magazine made a list of the 100 greatest villains of all time. Dracula was ranked as 30 on the list, but surprisingly, it was for Duncan's performance in this film. His performance was chosen over all other versions of the character, meaning Dracula. Riger's Dracula is still considered to be one of the absolute best interpretations. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I really love the Dracula in this movie. It's fucking awesome. Ashley Bank turned down the role in Fatal Attraction to play Phoebe. She probably made less money, but uh, nevertheless became a cult uh, cult actor. <clears throat> Which I think is better than making money in one film. The armadillos glimpsed in Dracula's castle at the very end, uh, at the very beginning, are a reference to Dracula 1931, where they were shown crawling about while Bela Lugosi gave Dwight Fry a tour of his castle. Armadillos are indigenous to the Americas, and while their appearance in the Transylvanian castle is seen as a goof in an earlier film, they're obviously meant as an homage here. Very cool. <coughs> You'll get a kick out of this one. Dustin Diamond had a small role as a kid who tries to trade baseball cards with the boys, but this was later cut. Damn it. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. So, we could have had Screech in this film. As a kid trading. would have been fucking fantastic. Yeah, it would have made it even better. But, uh, just trading baseball cards. Uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, who plays the mother of the lead siblings, also the plays... Card that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, Mary Ellen Trainer, who plays the mother of the lead siblings, also plays a mother of the lead siblings' children in the Goonies. It's pretty cool. Yeah, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not saying I don't like the Goonies. I do like it, but I just prefer Monster Squad. Yeah, me too. This one always stuck out more to me than that film. I always. Part of part of that Goonies just loses me. Like I can never remember most of that movie. I remember this movie. Like, do you want to hear a funny story about the Goonies? Go for it. When I was a kid, McDonald's was giving away this map, okay, to find one-eyed Willie's treasure from that film. Right. And I've still got that fucking thing. Really. I do. Holy shit. And it's worth a ton. And it's just cool. I would never you know, sell it, but I'm sure it's worth one. No, money. God, no. But what I was going to tell you about it is at a convention I was at up where you're living a few years back, I was in town and I went to it and Sean Aston was there and I damn near knocked him down a set of stairs. I actually literally had to grab him and put him back on the stairs. He's so tiny. <laughs> And I apologized like 20 times. He's like, you're good, man. I was like, man, I'm so sorry. He's like, what's your favorite movie? We'll, we'll change the subject. And I was like, I go, you know, honestly, Whitewater Summer with you and Kevin Bacon. He's just like, whoa, <laughs> that's awesome. And he thought that was really cool. Whitewater Summer, if you guys ever get a chance to watch it, Sean Astin, Kevin Bacon, it's a summer uh, movie. It's really cool. Hell yeah. Kevin Bacon is a psychotic uh, boys 
counselor that takes these boys camping, and then they end up having to like stone him to death, and then they end up rescuing him. It's a really weird movie. That is weird. I need to check it out. It's good. Yeah, you see the bat of Dracula escape from the from the plane there. Now he's chilling. Chill by the water. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This movie came out six months before another movie written by Shane Black, Old Lethal Weapon. I always forget. I always forget that he wrote that. He's written a lot of good shit. Uh, the brief scene where Frankenstein meets Phoebe, playing by the water. I don't even need to read that. It's definitely an homage to the nineteen thirty one Karloff uh, Frankenstein movie where girls by the water, or whatever with flower, and you know he ends up killing her. But that doesn't happen in this movie. But it's very similar to it, you know. Um, well, I'll read what it says anyway. It meets Phoebe, but playing by the water is a clear homage to a similar yet more tragic scene in the original Frankenstein film. The way in which the scene plays out in the film is, according to previous interviews, more in the line the way Boris Karloff wanted to do the scene. There's a piece of poster on the wall. Really? I'm not even joking. I think I saw it as soon as you said that. I looked up for a second. I never noticed it until this viewing of this film. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Human zombies rise from the... I can't see it. It keeps on flashing really fast. You know what else is back there? God damn it, Fred Decker. I'm trying to fucking... I have to hit pause on this bitch or something. Ah. There's a... No, I can't see what that is. You know what else he had on the wall there that I thought was really interesting that I just saw? Looked like the burning. I couldn't tell, though. No, you got a good eye. That's exactly what that was. And there was also a Texas 2 poster. Oh. Yes, there was a burning poster on the OGs. Very nice uh, little treehouse the, the boys got going on here. The clubhouse, whatever they call it. but Pretty badass. Clubhouse. Uh, very cool. Oh. <clears throat> they, this, they even said this one. Uh, right as I'm looking at it, uh, there is a poster for Lucio Fulci film Zombie visible in the background of the clubhouse. I think I saw that, but it said zombie something on there, but I, I couldn't tell. It didn't look like a normal poster. Um, but can I, can I tell you the other cool poster that I just noticed for the first time in this film? What's that? This is fucking awesome, okay? As you guys may or may not know, I'm a huge comic book fan. <clears throat> there was a Man-Thing poster in the background. That's awesome. Which I personally think is fucking I'll tell you a weird, a really cool uh, poster that's in a very weird movie. Like, it's not a weird movie, but it's weird that it was in the movie. And you never know if it's just the director or whoever was a fan of it and stuck it in there, or maybe they thought of it, maybe, for the characters. So in the movie Dirty Work, the comedy film, uh, directed by Bob Saget, it's got Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang, it was Chris Farley's last movie, uh... There's a scene where they, you know, are trying to get revenge on these uh, dudes they got in a bar fight with, so they posed as fake cops and called the real police to get them to beat up the, the real cops. Well, in the scene where they called them, there's a fucking Entombed poster 
in their in their dorm. And I always thought that was crazy because I had that very same poster. In which movie? In Dirty Work. That's weird. Yeah, and it's the same. I know exactly where that Entomb poster came from because I had the same one growing up. Because mind you, this was '98. That came from a Metal Maniacs magazine that I had, and I had that same Entomb poster. And it's uh, it always stuck with me that I I've always loved that movie. It's one of my all-time favorite films, but like the fact that that poster was in it was just weird. And then another weird metal correlation in a random film. The film, uh, and I probably mentioned it on the podcast before, but on the the movie Matilda, the uh, the little brother. It's the movie with Danny DeVito or whatever. The little brother is wearing a fucking Napalm Death T-shirt, which is, I always thought was funny. Okay, I've got one for you. There's a movie with the guy that plays Two-Face in The Dark Knight. Oh, uh, Aaron Eckhart. He did this movie where he's, like, handicapped in this wheelchair, but he's, like, a psychic. Yeah. And he's also, like, a demonologist. Oh, I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that one came out a few years ago. Shit, I think I lost the doctor. We've already been talking two hours before this. Fuck. Hang on. Let me let me connect back with the doctor here. I think I lost him. Hopefully he realizes that uh we got knocked off course here. No, on the movie right now is a jail scene there. That was annoying, wasn't it? Sorry. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> I think it's called Incarnate. Incarnate. That's it. That's it. It, well, it didn't come out that long ago. It's fairly new. The entire film, okay? Yeah. You guys listening out there, if you watch this film, his assistant, which is like this 20-year-old, 25, 30-year-old kid, is wearing a decapitated shirt the entire film. Funny story about this, when I interviewed Vogue a few years ago from Decapitated, I told him about that, and he actually had never seen it, and the band sat and watched it recently. Uh, according to Vogue, because I actually talked to him, we've got some stuff playing with Vogue here, hopefully soon, but anyway, but, um, they all sat down and watched it together and got hammered, and every time the shirt was on the screen, they did like a drinking game with it. Jesus. That's like yeah, he's funny. wearing that fucking decapitated shirt the entire fucking film. It's amazing. I just thought it was cool. It is pretty badass. Well, you know, you get the metal nods. It doesn't happen often, you know? It really doesn't. I mean, there's only a few. Yep, there's the mummy, which is fucking awesome. He was always my favorite one. I don't know why, but I always thought he was cool. Um, during the montage with Monster Squad getting ready to stop Dracula, Sean points at where Shadow Book, Shadow Brook Road is on the map to show his friend Patrick where the mansion Dracula's hiding out is. On the other side of the map, it says Cheney College as the location. This is an homage to actor Lon Cheney Jr., who played Lawrence Larry Talbot in Universal's uh, The Wolfman. It has the same dead guys smack it up and walk away by themselves. Oh, shit. Line followed by a shot of the dead guy walking down a street as Night of the Creeps, also written and directed by Fred Decker, so there's a nod to that. Uh, 
there is a Return of the Living Dead poster on the wall somewhere in there. Didn't see that one. That's cool. It is cool. Uh, despite oh, multiple... Burger King, Burger King. Hell yeah. That's fucking retro-ass Burger King. Just getting that retro Whopper. See, despite... You know, something interesting about Burger King? What's that? They're actually Canadian-owned now. Really? Google it, it's weird. Huh. It's also got meaty hefts. Meaty hops. The movie is not based on or is a remake of Monster Squad from 1976. The short lived TV show is about wax figures of three monsters that come to life and battle evil. By the way, his partner in this movie, uh, Sean's dad, the uh, black police officer, he it was actually in the movie Runaway with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons. Huh. Jason Harvey wears a Walter Payton shirt in this movie, while his on-screen brother from The Wonder Years, Fred Savage, wears a Walter Payton jersey in Princess Bride. weird little correlation there. Now I'm going to tell you what, the makeup on the Wolfman, the mummy's pretty chill, Frankenstein's awesome, and then Creature from the Black Lagoon looks rad. Yeah, I always loved him too. She's badass. But I'm a little partial to that because Creature from the Black Lagoon is my favorite universal monster. Yeah. Second would be, can you guess my second favorite? Wolfman. Yeah. Wolfman's the tits. I don't know, you know, I've never really... You know, my least favorite universal monster is Dracula. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I've i never really sat down and thought about what my favorite movie monster would be. Well, my universal monster. Mine is Creature from the Black Lagoon. Second is Wolfman. <clears throat> I'd probably go with Creature because it's the most interesting and it's, they, he's a fucking vicious motherfucker. Um, I don't know, I like Frankenstein a lot. But not like the thirty. Frank in this movie, ironically, is my favorite. Yeah. But my favorite Universal monster is Creature from Black Yeah, and I, I know I've seen that movie more than any of the other ones, so I'd probably lean towards that as my favorite, just because I've seen it the most. It's the best. Yeah. It's so good. And it's raunchy. Now, the Frankenstein. My favorite Frankenstein movie is Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, that's that one's fucking awesome. But I'd have to go with him second, you know, and Creature first. You know, that would be my two. Would be creature and Frankenstein if I could pick a third I'd probably go to Mummy Mummy's the shit but I don't know uh, Frankenstein I, I love Dracula but I like vampires more than just Dracula you know I mean I love this Dracula but yeah I, mean, I do too yeah. as far as all the other iterations like the Bella Lugosi one you know was, I don't know. <clears throat> Keanu Reeves <laughs> That's Frankenstein. Frankenstein's the shit. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess uh, we do. We've done eighty-seven to death, but whatever. We'll we'll try to make it short. We'll do. We'll do it, we'll do it brief. Yeah, we'll do a brief uh, altering the future here. We'll cue up the Chuck. Altering the future. As you guys have heard this a million times, but Altering the Future will take you back to the year 
our feature film was, uh, which is 1987 in this episode. We've done a lot. We're going to do it again. We'll always do it. It's part of the show. So fuck off. Uh, I'll cover the movies and the doctor will cover the music. Try to run through this quick since we've done it so many fucking times. And yeah, I'll just take you back to the to the time. A lot of movies are my favorite on uh, from this year. There's a lot of favorites that I have. I uh, will just do a we'll just do a few here though. We're not going to do every single one. Um, well, there's some that we've done. Uh, Masters of the Universe. Shout out to the Exhumed guys. Got the Running Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just one of, just one of Doctor West's favorite. Steel Dom, which we did for our Mother's Day episode. Shout out to all you moms. Uh, Bad Taste, which is Peter Jackson. It's a very weird, kooky movie, but it's awesome. Uh, two of my favorite movies from this year. Uh, I'm leaving out one for last, which is RoboCop and Predator. If you want to see me jizz my little fucking PJs, those two movies are it. I can. They're one. Of, they're some of my favorite movies. Uh, Dirty Dancing, Spaceballs, Hellraiser, which was uh, one of the first episodes we ever did. And it was for, uh, included the first episode we, or the first interview we ever did, which was uh, Brian, formerly of Vital Remains. So shout out to him. Uh, you got the Witches of Eastwick, Over the Top. That one's for the Doctor. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam, Harry and the Hendersons, which used to scare the living dog shit out of me when I was little, and I was already watching all this other shit, and that movie scared scared me to death. Uh, the Living Daylights, Prince of Darkness, shout out to Millie of Creator. Uh, and then the last one, I'll say Raising Arizona, that one's cool. Uh, Lethal Weapon, yeah, Lethal Weapon, of course. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, Princess Bride, and then the final one, and I think it's the best movie of this year, 87, is The Lost Boys. Please put out a Pimp Daddy Blu-ray, thank you. Whoever, uh, Shot Factory, Arrow, anybody, uh, please put out a Pimp Daddy sexy version of Lost Boys on Blu-ray, thank you. That's it. That's that. That covers it. That's 1987 movies that were came out the year that this came out. So there's a lot of good shit. I think this stands high on that list of all those releases as well. Now is this little Doctor West room right here? Uh, yeah, because you see the Punisher poster in there. Yep. I see it. You got fucking you got the speed racer t shirt. Oh yeah. It's pretty badass. Got... Uh, oh no, that's not a speed racer, that's Robotech, baby. Is it Robotech? That's Robotech. You got the mummy in the closet. What else? You had the My Little Monster, you had that on the on the That's a straight up Robotech. It's yeah. amazing. Who is that? Is that Robotech my was anime before anime was popular, kids. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a, a My Little Monster doll sitting there. Had a Raggedy Andy uh, lamp. Mummy in your closet. Oh, there, and there's the Monster Squad when you see the... They're naming the Monster Squad here in their little 
clubhouse. An iconic moment. You got the doggo fucking chilling. It's a cool little moment here in the film. So yeah, music, 1987. Let's see what we got for that. The doctor work is magic here. What's that? Music. I'm working on that. 1987. 1987. Let's see the Rudy. It's played by Ryan Lambert. Let's see if they've done other stuff. Robbie Keeger. Most of them probably haven't done much since. I'd like to see if they've really... I know Tom Noonan still does shit. He's very much still involved he's in... He's a great this. actor, man. He's in a bunch of... He is. Here's the reason I like Tom Noonan. Not only is he in this, but he's in a shitload, okay, of uh, Michael Mann stuff. Yeah. Shitloads of it. Yeah, I know Jason Herbert, the guy who plays EJ. I've seen him in a ton of stuff. Dude, that was Wayne Arnold in Wonder Years. He's been in a ton of shit. Let's see, Ashley Bank. Smart Squad, she's on Frasier. Fuck yeah. Raise your fist and yell. Really good, underrated Alice Cooper record. Um, uh, Trap and, and, and Agony from Warlock. Uh, Tell No Tales from TNT. It's a Norwegian hair band that I like. Randy Red's Tribute from Ozzy Osbourne. The uh, Garage Days EP from Metallica. Permanent Vacation from Aerosmith. I love Aerosmith. I saw them on that tour and I'm going to tell you what, Aerosmith is not only, I think, a great band, and that may shock people out there that I like them. I really do like them a lot. They're very talented, and they put on a hell of a show. They are great. I've always wanted to see them. They were very loud, too. Um, Cacophony, which is Jason Becker and Marty Friedman together in Speed Metal Symphony. One of my favorite bands of all time, The Cult, and their album Electric. Um... Second, my thing throws up. My apologies. So the Cold Electric. Let's see here. Uh, Corey's favorite Celtic Frost album. Into the Pandemonium. Uh, Join the Army from Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, Hysteria from Def Leppard. I know that's like pop stuff, but I liked it at the time. It was a good concert too. I have it on uh, Animal House from Udo, the former singer of Accept. My favorite album from. Uh, Armored Saint, Raising Fear. Arguably probably the best album of that year. I really like that record a lot. Yeah, that's good. Um, the Eternal Idol from Black Sabbath. Another fantastic Tony Martin Black Sabbath album. Underrated shit. I love it a lot. Of course, the fantastic Dream Evil from Ronnie James Dio. Yep. Uh, Once Bitten from Great White. The self-titled White Snake album. I know it's weird, but it's really good. It is good. Uh, 
Lizzie Borden visualized the best thing he ever did. And featuring on guitar uh, Joe Holmes, which was a Randy Rhodes student. So there's a weird correlation. Huh. Rocky to Hell from Grim Reaper. Um, let's see here. My favorite Exodus record, Pleasures of the Flesh. It's good. Um, uh, Girls, Girls, Girls from Motley Crue. I know it's Hair Band 7. I love that record. That record backwards. You can't go wrong with Motley Crue, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Nightfall from Candlemass, uh, The Ultraviolence from Death Angel, uh, Crossover from DRI, uh, Schizophrenia from Sepultura, Scum from Napalm Death, Taking Over from Overkill, Under the Sun of uh, Something from Battery, Terrible Certainty from Creator, Persecution Mania from Sodom, uh, Scream Bloody Gore from Death, uh, Rock and Roll from Motorhead. Among the Living from Anthrax, Appetite for Destruction from Guns N' Roses, All of the Mountain King from Sabotage, Rest in Peace, Chris Olivia, uh, Underrated Guitarist, uh, Keeper of the Seven Keys, Holy. Uh, Abigail from King Diamond, Killing Technology from Voivod, The Legacy from Testament, and I got some of my honorable mentions here. One of my favorite records of this year, Fighting the World from Man of War, it's a go-to. I was listening to it last night. I love that record. I've been on a little Man of War kick myself lately, honestly. I've been trying to listen to some more of the uh, stuff. Rest in Peace from Corner. Listen to that, too, the other night. Um, oh, and then, you got to mention Back to the Attack. We're going to talk about 1987 from Dawkins. Yes. But it's funny, I didn't realize that a lot of the cassettes I have are from this year. I have, I have Hysteria, and I have Live in the Raw, and I have Dream Evil. It's pretty cool. I have a lot of this stuff. 87. It's just a great year, I guess. So much good shit. Musically, just amping up, you know. A lot of the Teutonic Thrash stuff. Had really good albums that year, and um, good hair metal shit. There's all around just heavy metal and well, metal. I think for a hair band was very dark. I consider them just, I don't really consider them a hair band. Cause I, well, I consider them just heavy metal. Don wrote, Don wrote about heartbreak. He wasn't talking about fucking everybody, you know, so. Oh, excuse me. Fuck. I just consider them heavy metal, honestly. But yeah, I have Back for the Attack, too, on, on cassette. I mean, I got a bunch of those. Um, I love that shit. Dawkins always been one of my favorite bands and it's weird a lot of people that listen to heavier stuff or even listen to uh, power metal or hair metal any of that kind of stuff they just never really heard Dawkins I mean everybody knows what you know Dream Warriors is usually but uh, a lot of people just aren't familiar with them and I have to yeah, Dream Warriors is like the worst song on that album too <laughs> I know it's like you know not that it's a bad song, but, you know. Yeah, it's just, you know. Yeah, you know, i got to be honest with you. I've never told you this. And nothing against Dawkins, but to me, I would have listened to Benny Vincent Invasion, Love Kills, off of Number Elm Street 4. Yeah. I think it's a better song than Dream Warriors, but what do I know? It's just one of those familiar songs, you know. It's, it's not like it's good. It's just people... Love Kills is actually a really good Freddy song. It is. Give me, you know, Kiss of Death all day long. Um, 
don't need that stuff. <clears throat> That's a good song, but it's just... It's one that I don't get tired of hearing from around people that know it, but I, I don't just, like, put that song on. I just don't, you know. Um, what I didn't know about Monster Squad, going back to the film, is that this came out on August 14th. So we're just about at its 33rd anniversary when it hits, you know, 87. It'll be 33 years. But uh, it came out August 14th. I didn't know it came out so soon to today, which is interesting. That's pretty cool. That's just some advice I was reading around. Uh, budget was $12 million and made $3.8 million at the box office. So it didn't, you know, really hit at the box office but of course then it was just ruled as a oh shit you know it critically it had terrible reviews and stuff and a lot of people considered it a Goonies rip off and all this so one of those movies that of course now is a very cult is a cult classic it's not something that made a lot of money at the time but if you look at all the other movies which is part of why we do Altering the Future, is to show you stuff like that. I mean, the movies that it was up against, you know, which I don't know what came out when, but or what came out during this weekend. I could probably look that up, but you had things like Predator and Robocop and Princess Bride and Dirty Dancing and, and all this shit that was, you know, a lot higher budget films, you know, that had... <clears throat> this film didn't have the star power, which was very big, a big deal then, you know. You have an over-the-top with Sylvester Stallone. And you had, you know... Frankenstein's wearing kiss boots. Yeah. And you had Schwarzenegger in Predator and Running Man. And, you know, you you had these stars that can lift these films where this one didn't really have the star power, you know. It had... You had to rely more on... I wanted to talk about that a second, actually. You had to rely more on the fact that Shane Black wrote all these good films and had Lethal Weapon that same year he made all his money doing Lethal Weapon honestly he didn't have to do this film and then you know um Fred Decker deny the creeps but you know he's not gonna carry him and make that much money on this film you know when he had all the other stuff so I'm gonna look up what came out in August while the doctor tells us what he was gonna say I'm gonna see what came out around this time, like actually this month. Okay, so this guy was talking to me that listens to us, uh-huh. that I know, and he did not understand why I like the movie The Running Man. The movie's fucking awesome. Mainly that I, why, why, I did, why I liked it the best. Like, it's my favorite Schwarzenegger movie, period, other than the Conan movies. It's really good. Um... Not huge on Terminator. Like I like it. I don't dislike it. I enjoy them, and they're part of his body of work. But I'm not like, oh my god, Terminator. You know, and I've never been that way about Predator either. And I just, I just don't. I didn't like Predator when I saw it as a kid because they kill off everybody but him. Yeah. But Running Man. I don't know, man. It just it just works for me on every level. It's really good. <laughs> it's violent. You know, it's just it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun. You know, Stephen King was actually going to direct that movie, and he yeah. was busy with uh, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. 
if he was supposed to, it was a two package deal because those are both technically Lionsgate films. Yeah. Now they're owned by them, but at the time they were both TriStar. But the same as this movie. But what I was saying is, is which Lionsgate owns this movie too, technically. But but where I was where I was going with this is initially they did, but I'm not sure about now. But yeah, he just couldn't get past it, and I you know. I don't dislike Predator, but I don't like Predator the way everybody else does. I never did. I just... Right. I... I like Schwarzenegger, and I like him, but that's one of those movies that kind of got ruined for me by other people, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I think the sequels to those movies suck. There's... I don't even... There's no good sequel to it. There's not one. The second movie is just awful and it's like, one it's so movie good, it's, like, it's one movie that was kind of eclipsed by how many sequels came afterward because that movie is really fun and it's good and I like it a lot I like it a lot less as I get older but I still really like it you know but it's not something I can just watch all the time like I used to be able to but it, it's it's definitely up there and, and it's not even because of Arnold I, I just like the movie I like Alan Silvestri's score of it I like all the you know I, I love uh can't think of his fucking name now save my life um god damn it Action Jackson Dylan no look, look it's, it has nothing to do with the cast or the film but like I said why can't I, I never why can't I think of his it. name help me out here okay. Carl Weathers yes Carl Weathers thank you but yeah I love him in it and you know it, it, I find more reasons. It's like, oh my god, it's like the best Schwarzenegger. I, I just don't see that. Nah, I, you think about it, he's as much as I love it. That's nowhere near his best, and I would even attest to that. Whereas, I would definitely put Conan way before Predator. Because, like again, I never saw it as an Arnold movie. Oh, and listen to me. Now, I'm gonna be clear about this. Give me Terminator all day long. Any of them over that. Yeah, and Terminator. By far my favorite Arnold. Here's the thing: he never reprised the role of Dutch, and it just it, that tells me something right there too that he was just kind of like, mm, you know. Yeah, I think he was just thrown into it because he did he did Running Man the same year. You know, he was just cranking stuff out. But uh, now I'm going to tell you a movie. A lot of people don't know this. I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know. I'm going to tell you about a movie that was supposed to come out in 1991. He was supposed to start principal photography on this film in 90 when Total Recall was released. The film was going to be released summer of 91. James Cameron was originally the one that was going to reboot Planet of the Apes with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Holy shit. There's a script out there floating around you guys can find. Now, this movie would later become, 10 years after that... And oh, wait, 2001 would later become the Mark Wahlberg picture that Tim Burton did. I'm officially a little Eugene right here with the Spider-Man poster on his wall. Yeah, that may be my room. But anyway, <laughs> um, the Robotech, Robotech jammies I had as well. But yeah. what I was going to say, though, is... Um, oh, shit, we're going to have to do a little music here. Alright, unmuting it. Fuck. Yeah, that's cool fucking montage, man. 
I don't want this fucking to get pulled off the goddamn YouTube, so we'll keep the music off. What's wrong? So I don't want it to get pulled off of YouTube, so I'm going to keep the music off now, but, uh, very cool montage scene. By the way, uh, we didn't even say, usually we're so used to Tubi, we are actually on Amazon Prime for this special, uh, so if you guys have Amazon Prime video, uh, Monster Squad's on there, along with a lot of other really good horror films, uh, classic ones, a lot of the Halloweens are on here, Pumpkinhead, Friday the 13th, uh, Child's Play. Uh, I've never seen the movie. It's Frankenstein looking at his sister's tit. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys want to uh, follow, in this movie. She <laughs> if uh, you guys want to follow along at home or Eugene's got Daisy. And... I don't know. It's definitely you. But if you want to follow along, you have to do it on Amazon Prime, unless this is on Tubi, which I'm not sure to be honest. I've never seen it on there. This um, is not on there. But if you guys have the Blu-ray at home, which they need to make a better version of that, there's two versions floating around. One of them's okay print, the other one's not. I'm not sure which one's better than the other one. There's an anniversary the edition. The is better than the Hall of Films ones. Is the Hall of Films ones the anniversary one? No, that's, that's the Lionsgate. Okay, so that's one you guys look for. It's got a different kind of cover to it. Like It's got like a illustrated cover to it. The one is a piece of shit. It's bare bones and the print looks bad. Olive Films just notoriously sucks anyway. Like, surprisingly, they put out that Dirty Work Blu-ray I have, and it and it actually looks really good. But that's yeah, my Highlander Two Blu-ray that they put out's really nice. Yeah, but they're usually they somebody's... also put out the original uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But I have to tell you, my favorite thing that Olive Films put out—it's a beautiful print. No special features, really, but the print is ungodly, and that's Thrashing, which is arguably one of my... It, would, it it's, could be my favorite film ever made. They have a Blu-ray of that? Yeah, it's been out for a few years. You're damn right, I've got that bad boy right here. I didn't know that. Yeah, it exists. Because I've still never seen that movie. I thought because they just didn't have a Blu-ray. No, there's a Blu-ray of it. It came out in 2015, I think, when I bought that. Wow. It's a film I still haven't seen, folks, that Doctor's obsessed with. It really is just a great movie. And here's the thing. You know I love Robert Russler, right? Yeah. You will love him after watching that, but man, (laughs) Josh Brolin is the shit in that movie. (laughs) And his name's Corey Webster. (laughs) Yeah, Corey Webster. There's the Wolfman. That's fucking. Man, this raunchy. werewolf transformation is legit. I know it's raunchy. It's the Stan Winston right there. Yeah, I, I think the Wolfman. Same crew. Cool. Same crew that worked on Leviathan, uh, Terminator. Yep. Terminator Two all worked on this film. Jurassic Park, etc. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. The best of the best, folks. Uh, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. I know two of the guys that work on Pumpkinhead were majorly over the makeup in this film. Yeah. Which is badass. So, yeah, guys, uh, follow, follow along um, on Amazon Prime video this time around during our quarantine era of Phantasm. So we're not doing this on our normal... Uh, you know, Doctor's Vault selections. We're actually doing this from Pix. You know, he still has these movies, obviously, physically, but 
There's the fucking creature. I love him in this movie. He looks so badass. Um, yeah, we're, we're having to do this, obviously, in our own homes and uh, stream it for your listening pleasure. And also, we're here to celebrate the doctor's birthday. And uh, no guest. The doctor is the guest. So, like he always is. You know, if I could have one birthday wish, I think it would be to do like what we were talking about earlier. Would have a chick that's like, you know, gets her nails done, her cooter waxed, her fucking asshole <laughs> bleached, waxed. She's also a masseuse and or chiropractor. That's the perfect one. Yeah. And her, fa- and her family's loaded. Man, that's the best right there. You can bust your balls and break your bones. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, the, uh, the ideal one, you know, a lot of people want the female or, or male version of themselves. Me, I've kind of had that and I didn't really care for it. You know, I like things to myself. I never really noticed that until the last relationship I was in. That to be the perfect woman and maybe she shoots porn too. That would be hot. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I always felt like I just need another version of me like they like metal and horror movies and it's like, you know, I would rather have a chick just be just be down with that and stuff. Honestly, it doesn't work. It works at a friendship level, and that's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would rather have them be down for it. I'm kind of introducing them to new things, and like, wow, that was cool, or or they were just like, I don't like that, and then you know, I'll be like, oh, that's so cute, and deep down, I'm like, good, because I, I like to have my shit. I like my stuff. You know, I don't want them taking my shit, and it's cool to have. I'm not going to tell you not to, or you shouldn't enjoy that. I want you to enjoy whatever you're going to enjoy. But I'm not trying to mold somebody into me, and I don't want to date myself. I would rather date a polar opposite and just have them really just be themselves and me be myself. They don't have to be exactly like me. or They can generally... Okay, so here's the thing. I've just decided know. this. So Eugene in this movie, it's it, I have his clothes in his room, but that's actually Yen's. <laughs> Yeah. He's just kind of skittish, but he's hanging out, you know? That's pretty funny. And then, I guess, you're... Well... I'm going to say Corey Gorecrest is Dracula. I'm Dracula? Or are you one of the kids? Well, if you're one of the kids, then I'm one of the kids. If you're Sean, then I guess I'd be Patrick. Fat kid. <laughs> he is. Or Killer Coach's fat kid. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> CW is yeah, yeah, the fat CW. kid. CW's fat kid. <laughs> I'm Patrick and you're Sean. That's actually really funny. And wheelchair fuckers, Eugene. But okay, look at Eugene, it's hilarious. It's totally wheelchair fucker. <laughs> <coughs> and we love you, Doug. We love you to death, but you're Frankenstein in this movie. And he just ate shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> looking at uh, wheelchair fuckers' uh, sisters' titties. Yeah, we'll make Doug somebody cool. Doug's Rudy. Okay. Doug, you are Rudy. I think I love I love fucking Frankenstein in this movie. Oh, he's the shit. I'm saying, well, Doug, if you listen to this, we'll leave this up to you. If you want to be Frankenstein, you're Frankenstein. If you're Rudy, we'll go with Rudy for now, though. You're Rudy, so you're one of the you're one of the actual squad. You're with us. You got CW second. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm telling you, it is really funny. Can't remember. I love this. Kick him in the nards. The famous. Wolfman doesn't have nards. Kick him in the. Wolfman's got nards. The famous line is from CW. And there's Daisy too. Look, there's Daisy Diddle. Daisy Diddle. I can't believe she's in this. It's awesome. Actually, just for appropriate names, just to leave Daisy out of this, even though I love her to death, I hope she's okay. You know who that is? That's Yens. Since that's Yens is. Or wheelchair fuckers, uh, animal. That's Leela. <laughs> yeah. Only instead, it's a dog instead of a cat. Hey, it's phantasm. We do what we want. It, it is. It's Leela. <laughs> Leela, new. No. Bra. This actually is really fucking creepy. I always wanted to have there. sex with the broads of Dracula when I was little. Yeah. Sure, your fucking monster sack. I always wanted to go to Phil's, get you some fried shrimp malts, hamburgers, fries. There's Doug being a rebel. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be happy with that. Shoot Doug hanging out. Yep, I'm on my cellular device. <laughs> Fucking love Rudy though. He's he's awesome. Yeah. I love that dog. That dog is the shit. <laughs> it's like a little Scooby butt, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo butt. I love little dog butts. Dogs crack me up. They're cute. Speaking of which, if you guys ever watch ESPN early in the morning, like I do, if you're a sports fan, you got to see. I guess it's Bob Golick's. Chinese dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Little pug dogs. Little pug. Those dogs are fat and adorable. They just need hugs and food. Yeah, they need lots of food. They, uh-huh. they need lots of food. They'll stare at you when they just ate their food and they want more. They're like, I want more food. And every time I watch the camp, I can't laugh at that part. It kills me when he's like, get out of here, you little son of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I just want food, daddy. Food. Oh hell yeah! You see W with the cross assist to the face. Gotta love it. I always forget about the little doggy in this. It's awesome. Yeah. It's Eugene's dog. It's hilarious. <laughs> Look. This movie's just fun, you know. I'm changing. It's not Leela. It's Daisy Diddle. Yeah, it's Daisy Diddle. Little, little, little. God, I love this movie. 
This is fun the whole time. The pace is perfect to it too. There's no real dull moment. Like I said, and this movie's this movie's not. It's really short too. If you guys are watching, it's only like eighty three minutes or something. Yeah, and like you know, again, there's no ads, so you just get. There's no bullshit. If people wanna compare it to the Goonies, if people really want to do that, this movie's ten times better because the pace is better and it's more about horror shit. And you know, the the Goonies is a lot more comedic and. It's a little raunchier in a way, and the, you know it's got it it's got bigger names, you know, as far as the it characters. Does. You got Feldman in there. Yeah, and Sean, and Sean Aston. And and, look, I like it. I'm yeah. not saying I don't like it. No, it's great. It's great. If anything, this is a knockoff of it, but I, I really like this film. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, the the other ones definitely got more of the big names. It's got more of the budget. It's got, you know, all that stuff. This one, to me, has always just stood out because I remember this movie all the way through because I just pay more attention to it because it's got a good pace to it. Whereas The Goonies is a little long. There's a lot of shit happens, and I forget a lot of that movie. Like, it's not... A lot of people I know probably can quote that movie and know exactly what happens all the way through, and they're huge fans of it. I just... If you're comparing the two, Monster Squad has always been something Dude, I can remember every scene of and be like, the yes. The dog this. in this is awesome. I always forget how awesome <coughs> the dog is along for the whole adventure. It's amazing. Yeah, and the dog just fucked that mummy up, too. He started pulling his fucking... <laughs> his fucking wraps off. So I always thought the mummy was super rad in this movie. Just, yeah, it looks good. It's badass. Look all that shit. fucking raunch butt but yeah oh excuse me I don't know it, I hate comparing stuff like that even though it's easy to compare but I, I'm always just like if you're gonna compare it I can just say really quickly that this film to me is just a better movie just because it's just Man, more fun yeah it is You need that. You know what? I think having a hearse would actually be really cool. I used to fuck this chick that had a hearse in Florida. It's really hot. She was really cool. You know, she died. She actually died in that damn thing. She got hit on by a drunk driver and killed her. Jesus. That's ironic. I thought so, too. Yeah. That's a really cool hearse, though. That's almost like a uh, fucking ecto. I mean, it's not, but it's pretty close. It might be a newer version. Probably most like I don't know if it's a Cadillac or not. <coughs> it's a '67 I Cadillac. Thing was just, I always thought this scene was just bizarre. That he would go through this much trouble to fucking blow up their fucking clubhouse. It's like really dragon. No, he's just a butt. That was just him being a straight butt. It's like fuck you. Like, this is who you're fucking with. He did. He drove all the way to their fucking house just to do that. It's a fucking buns hole. I always thought he looked great. He's got a fucking dynamite or M80. I can't even tell what that is. Well, and the black dude's dead. Yep. Well, Stan Shaw, I believe. Or is he the detective? I don't remember. Might have been Stan Shaw. Anyway, now I really want that hearse. It's fucking badass looking. 
This is just really good. Uh, I will have your son. Uh. <coughs> oh, God. The indigestion settling in. What did you eat? Oh, I would have pasta. Oh, I had a couple of burritos. <laughs> I did have a burrito for lunch last night at work. You're like, I get a couple of burritos. <laughs> get a couple of burritos. <laughs> God, pretty much. I love it. It's like, we need to get out of here. Let's get a couple of burritos. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ate some pasta, which I haven't eaten in a while. I'm feeling it. You ate what? Pasta. Well, I thought you said popcorn. I was like, that's a hell of a mixture. No, popcorn. Although a burrito and pasta sounds like a nightmare. Oh, it is. They're gonna be taking a wicked shit later. Yeah, as soon as this is over. Oh, there's another. That's the only strip mall Burger King I've ever seen in my life. I was gonna say there's another Burger King right there. Now it's like we're at the church and the blob. That's what this feels like. (laughs) Yeah. The fucking cross. Another unsung horror grade. I love the Kevin Dillon blob movie, man. It's really good. Which we did our first episode ever. Our first episode, if you guys want to go and uh, check that out, just go scroll down to the very first episode, called The Blobcast, the Blobcast which I used to come up with fun names for this stuff, and now I just, I just, I don't know if I'm just lazy as the word, but usually we, that was before we had guests on, so I didn't want to just be like, well, it's like this one, you came up with the West Squad, I think it's perfect. <laughs> Did you hear Rue there? It's amazing. He's just like, I'm in the goddamn club, right? Yeah. But usually, you know, I'll come up with names, but, you know, since we started doing it with guests, you know, I haven't really had a reason to uh, give them fun little names, but I might for this one, since it's uh, just a regular episode. It's a special. It's a birthday special. I am staying up past work to uh, to do this for the doctor just to have fun appreciate that yeah man that's fun this is a great movie too we're at the end of the film here folks yeah that's one thing about this movie I do remember a lot about is that it's the ending kind of sneaks up where it's just like oh it's already almost over because it, 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 a lot happens I'm you, in this movie. like I was telling earlier people knocking the running man the running man has a great pace to it and it's over yeah, this one does the same thing. It's had a great pace, and then I remember this part with the, you know, these some, movies were meant to be seen on the big screen. Yeah, they're fun, they're exciting, and then they're over. Was it Sean's dad here, the the cop? You know, once I I remember him chasing Dracula. Now, you know, when he gets to the town square and stuff, and this is really where it comes to an end. That's a pretty horrifying image too, but. uh yeah, it, it it ends fast because I this part kind of I'm just like yeah it's it's almost over. It just comes out of nowhere, but you don't feel disappointed that it's almost over. It's like the movie's just a good pace and it's ran its course and Duke gets thrown into a fucking. That also has the longest bunch of Adidas on a dynamite piece ever. Yeah, you know, oof. Yeah, you know, you gotta just explode in the thin air. It's fucking goddamn. A lot of people I'd like to do that to. You call this episode Wolf Parts. 
monster parts. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that's... There you go, there's some gore. Gotta monster parts. Bring you to the gore zone here, guys. And gals. Since we don't have Mr. Skinless on this scene. But, if you want to have a gore alert, if you go to... About, you know, an hour and six minutes and... A little bit around there. You gotta love this. <coughs> yeah, that's raunchy too. Body pieces regenerate itself. He's fucking yeah, it's dead awesome. cool. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, this, you know, pace is good. It's not boring at all. It's really funny where it needs to be. It's wholehearted where it needs to be. And there's some gore in it, you know, and there's some, some fantastic... Stan Winston effects in this film as usual it just looks wonderful some of the best there is very underrated you know you can hold this film doesn't really get talked about in the conversation with a lot of his other films but uh I mean it's there you know the effects in this are great and it's a it's a huge creature feature of this film you know the universal monsters in it it's just cool so that's that's just enough to want to watch this movie if you guys are thinking about checking out and maybe it's kind of weird this is not really I like a this is the werewolf I still think he looks legit a lot of these monsters look good yeah like the creature you know from the Black Lagoon you don't really see him much at all in the movie but he looks fucking crazy you know actually semi like scary you know it looks pretty rad I think Frankenstein looks cool you know Dracula just looks badass. I mean, he looks just... I love this right here where he kills the wolfman, Rudy, because yeah. he's like, thank you, and then he dies. Yeah, let's do it. It's, it's Doug. Doug's doing it. Doing the dead. All D-Dogs. Boom. Watch. Thank you. I love that. He's like, thank you, and he's dead. Amazing. There he is. That fucking creature is fucking raunchy. <laughs> Thing is fucking crazy looking. I fucking love it. Of course, the mummy I love was that killed. Dog. That dog is a shit. <laughs> the mummy was killed off pretty quick. But yeah, this. You know, that dog is. That dog is awesome. <laughs> it's like. You know, the creature's a badass, I think. I think it's, like, as far as the way they look, even. The creature looks fucking insane. That's, that's gnarly. Fucking scary looking. Come on, Horace. Come on, wheelchair fucker. He's fucking freaking out. No, that's CW. CW's Horace. Which your fucker's Rudy. There's somewhere. Or he's, uh... Losing all these kids' names now. So you're Sean, I'm Patrick. Horace is CW. Rudy is D-Dog. <coughs> Rudy is D-Dog. Eugene is wheelchair fucker. <coughs> That's right. Correct. Rudy's D Dobbs. 
which is hilarious. It is funny. Dolphs, here is Dracula. We, uh. Oh, fuck. Appreciate you guys listening to us, and, uh. I hope that you join us in celebrating the birthday of Dr. West. Not just today, but always and forever, every day. Thank you. Celebrate his birthday, and if you don't, he knows where you live. And don't think that he doesn't. I may know where you live, too, but I can just tell the doctor, and then he'll take care of the rest. There we go. Dracula is bitching. Of course, he's a descendant. The German dude just took it. He's a descendant of Van Helsing. Oh, fuck. What he says to her. I'm gonna unmute it again. If y'all can hear it. There's the scream that we talked about in the beginning. He's like, <laughs> so that was the scream we were talking about. Um, yeah. The first trivia thing I read off, which that was an actual scream because they was they weren't going to tell her when or whatever. Uh, there is Frankenstein, and dude gets staked. He literally told him he was bogus. Yep. He said bogus. It fucking staked his ass. Yeah, I think fucking Frankenstein's a shit. The thing with Frankenstein is sad. Yeah. It is, but you know. He fulfilled his purpose and saved her. That was like his only chance to really, you know. He was a good monster. He's a good friend. Now he has to go back to his little time portal thing. Along with that fence. There's Dracula being a bun's hole again. Trying to take Sean with him. Just fucking with that cop's family the whole time. I love how that one of the brides of Dracula there was actually on a stake just like being dragged across the ground. Now one of the cops blew in the hole too. Yeah, good riddance. And there goes a, uh, yep, another stake. This time, oh, Van Helsing. Yeah, Van Helsing comes out of nowhere, which is pretty badass. Honestly, he's just like, I came out of the portal. <laughs> he gives them a thumbs up. <laughs> the thumbs up. It's fucking hilarious. But you know, you you saw everything getting sucked in, but he comes out of the hole. With, He's been trapped there since he... Oh, no, there's the doggy. <laughs> yeah, the doggy needs to stay in the in the earth world there. Yeah, this part's... There goes the fucking pickup. Another fence. That effect right there with the truck going in reminded me of the fucking Evil Dead. That's what it looked like. It was very kind of... 
very cheesy looking. But Tom Hiddleston loves this movie too. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I think it's you know the cast has always been super, you know. Uh, and there goes Doctor <laughs> West into the pit of abyss. <laughs> no, that's not me. No, it's not. I'm over there safe with my friends. Yeah, you're good. That's just Frankenstein just chilling. I don't know who Frankenstein is. Can't really think of one. He just Wizard of Oz did out of the, out of the portal. <laughs> I think it'd been funny if that little girl got sucked in and then Frankenstein was hopping her. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, huh, huh, huh. disgusting, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's come back with me and my kitty porn portal. That pulled Dracula in. That'd actually be kind of cool. Everyone's safe. There's just a turned over bench, and they're just gonna rule this out. Oh, you know what? That woman was also in Die Hard. Was she? Is that the wife? No, she was a reporter that worked for. Ah, yep, you're right. No shit. No, she was Gail Wallen. She was she was a news anchor at the station where yeah. the guy that plays Pack and Ghostbuster was working. Right. He's like, eat it, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> there was the army. A little too late. They'd be like, what happened here? Like, well, there's a portal. Okay, well, I think this whole town was just uh, on LSD, so we're just going to go home now. The reality is they saved their little town from Dracula. We'll put back on some audio here. You know what movie was next? With a special to, appearance from David Diddle. <laughs> you know what uh, movie it suggested to play next? Meant okay. at work. Yeah, it was meant at work. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, I have an on my money and heartbeat. <clears throat> yeah, and we'll cue we'll cue up the uh, Tardy Brothers of Obituary to get to the final thoughts. Uh, doctor, final thoughts. Or I'll give you the last word, I guess. Uh, really, nothing I could say more than what I said throughout the whole movie. It's just, it's a lot of fucking fun, man. It really is. Uh, there's nothing more I'd recommend than this film. It's just, if you haven't seen it, definitely worth a watch. It's just, it's just, it's good. There's no other way to describe it. It's a fucking fantastic film. And stunts. One of the stuntsmen, Dick Durock, baby. Fucking Swamp Thing is in this goddamn film. Amazing. Didn't know that. That is awesome. Dick Durock. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's another reason I like this Swamp Thing is a stuntman in it. So yeah, great film. Highly, highly, highly recommended. And, in my opinion, top tier, top shelf. That's it. That's all I got.
Dr. Wes? I love that movie um, my whole life. I just, ever since I saw it in the theater, it, it incorporated everything I love, which was pop culture, but mainly horror. But like Eugene's Room is a good example of where it's just, you know, it's everything. It's everything I love. Comics and, and you know, cartoons and fucking, you know, the doggy. It's just it's <laughs> the best. The monsters. It's, it's, it's everything. It's a great film. It's, it stands its, it stands its time too, you know? Yeah. I think I think it's still relevant. I think it's the best thing he ever did. I don't know where people are getting off saying Now the Creeps is. Now the Creeps is not a bad film, but it's not this. I don't think it's even in the same. Because Now the Creeps does not have a good flow to it either. You can tell that movie was butchered. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not talking for gore. It just it has no it has no ending or beginning. It's just like we go to the prom of man kill people. It's just bad, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. And, Yeah. And, you know, one other thing I'll say before we finish up here is that this movie definitely has its, like, late 80s elements to it. But in another way to where it's not like The Goonies, I think The Goonies is definitely considered, like, an 80s film where it's, like, it represents that age where this this film isn't stuck in, like, the 80s. Like, it, it could be like modernized if you wanted it to be like just if you think of it as something that happens now it's not so dated and stuck in the 80s to where you couldn't really think that it was modern you know what I mean like you got the retro Burger King and the, and the cell phones and you know you got the styles of course because that's when it was made but it's not like it seems like the Goonies and stuff like that was meant to be like hey this is what time we're in like it <clears throat> This doesn't seem like it was grounded to just the 80s when it was made. Whereas, I think The Goonies was totally meant to capture the time that it was being made. If that makes sense. Like all the fucking Pepsi nods and all that. <clears throat> uh, that's all, really. But, yeah, I think it's fantastic and stands the test of time. And, uh, it's got a great soundtrack, too. It really does. It's, it's just a great movie, man. It's, you know, I'm hoping Bestron puts it out. I think they've got the rights to it still to put that out as a collector's edition. Um, I guess we'll all just have to wait and see. I guess nobody's really sure what's going on with that, but... Yeah. They were supposed to put it out in the way, so, but, you know. Yeah, hopefully, eventually, we'll get one of those, and, uh, you know, we'll see. But, guys, gals, if you want to uh, stream this anytime, you know, Amazon Prime Video. Normally, you guys have been following on our uh, little quarantine editions here at Phantasm. We've been doing. Uh, exclusively on the 2B app because it's free and all that stuff but me and the doctor are both Amazon Prime subscribers 
So we decided to, well, the doctor decided to uh, check out some stuff on here. So we have to do the bullshit ads and we can find something else, you know. So a lot of good stuff on Amazon Prime Video. So definitely check it out. If you have Amazon Prime and you subscribe to that with you guys or video files or whatever and you collect Blu-rays and have CDs still shipped to your house within two days shipping from Amazon... You have Prime Video as well, so just download it, and put in your shit, and uh, you have Prime Video. So, plenty of stuff on there. <clears throat> Thank you guys for listening. We hope you followed along with us and enjoyed Monster Squad. If you hadn't already seen it, if you love it, and we just reminded you why you have, then awesome. Thanks for coming. Uh, happy birthday to my dear friend, who I love very much, Dr. Vincent West. It's been a pleasure, sir. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you doing this, and I had fun watching it. It's weird we never watched that. I guess we just kind of... Yeah, I don't even think... It's supposed to happen today, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even think me and you have just straight up watched it before. You know, just you and I, so... Doing it uh, in different places, but still in the same place, you know, kind of. How this all works right now in the world we live in, but we can still have fun and do these kinds of things, and if we... Just kind you gotta of work with what you have, you know? Make compromises, and uh, we're still with each other in spirit and through crazy apps and technology and Monster Squad and things that bring us together. So, again, <clears throat> happy birthday to the doctor. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. And stay fucking gory.